This is the 34th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Julia Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Town Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. For those folks outside of New York, CUNY stands for City University of New York. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student, and if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right, specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boy. Now, I should do this more often because I keep getting new uh, listeners to the podcast, but briefly, I'm going to break down what this project is all about. This was meant to reach out to friends, relatives, neighbors, coworkers, and associates, spouses, children of people who are obsessed with Fox News. I don't think I can pull somebody away from that cult, and I'm calling it a cult, but I can hopefully give guidance to those of you who are surrounded by this and feel very frustrated. I can show you how Fox manipulates its audience, how Fox uh, spreads misinformation and disinformation, and how they leave out so many stories every single week. So that is the purpose of this podcast. It's kind of an informal podcast. It's not narrative. I play clips. I talk about Fox News. And it's new every single week. Um, so it's based on the Fox I watched from last week. So we should just get into it. Uh, January 6th basically was a vortex for me last week and that... The hearing took me two days to watch, break down, cover, write about, and then record. So I'm a little behind. <laughs> I knew I was last week. I was laughing about it last week. I was just delirious. Like, how am I going to catch up? I did. Um, it was a lot of marathoning of Fox News Media on Sunday. Fun times. So I'll just get right into the headline. And I also have a newsletter for anybody new to the podcast as well. It's at Decoding Fox News on Substack. And I know a lot of you guys will read along as you listen. Some people use both. Some people just consume one or the other. So just letting you know, there's like a written version of this on Substack. So here's the headline. Fox News. Fox stops pretending it's news and shills hard for Republican candidates. A condensed overview of 15 hours of Fox News for the week ending October 16th, 2022, a typical Fox News viewer might think John Fetterman was the most dangerous and radical Democrat running for public office. They might also think that Nancy Pelosi was out of line for wanting to punch Donald Trump after the riot broke out on January 6th, and that MAGA Republicans were being scooped up by the FBI after they answered a telephone poll. The same Fox viewers might not realize that anti-government protests in Iran have stretched on for over a month, or that a jury awarded the plaintiffs in a case against Alex Jones nearly $1 billion. Anyone who exclusively watched Fox News might not realize their Social Security benefits would get a sizable boost due to inflation. Last week, Fox News went into full campaign mode. There was no pretense that Fox was even trying to look like a news outlet. Every anchor on Fox News knew their main goal was to promote Republican candidates while tearing down Democrat ones. This is a screenshot from Monday's episode of Hannity. Now I'll describe this screenshot since we're on the podcast, and it basically is this. Each line is a segment. 
um, because I keep a spreadsheet for every single show I watch. Very detailed, highly um, uptight. (laughs) So we go candidate endorsement, candidate endorsement, candidate endorsement, candidate endorsement, candidate endorsement, candidate endorsement, then black voters, cancel culture, and then the trial of Igor Danchenko, which is part of the Durham report, which we'll talk about later in the podcast. So that's how blatant they were. In some cases, Hannity especially just showed entire campaign ads, like start, beginning, middle, didn't care, didn't even comment on them, really just showed the entire ad. Like, there you go. And I thought, well, that's easy programming. Nobody has to write a script. Nobody has to cut any tape, really. Just play the ad. You're good. It was that bad. It's very funny to me because they're constantly bashing MSNBC for doing this. And I've never seen anything like the equivalent of this on MSNBC. It It's not even remotely like, oh, we're just going to talk to this candidate and do an interview. They're like, do not vote for John Fetterman. He will destroy America. And it's like, okay. And like, Dr. Oz is practically lives in the studio at Fox News at this point. He's on so often. Um, Because they basically know that they have to win Pennsylvania. And so they would, I mean, you could take probably a can of coffee grounds, used coffee grounds, and they would say, vote for the can of used coffee grounds because we have to stop John Fetterman. And then they get defensive when John Fetterman comes out and says publicly, like, Fox News is obsessed with me. Could you stop talking about me constantly? And they're like, how dare you? Because this is Fox. It's all outrage. Just one big swirl of outrage. So the first section of the newsletter podcast is Fox turns into an infomercial attack ad against Democrats. Hannity dedicated 38% of his airtime to bashing Democrat candidates in key senatorial and governor races. His biggest targets were the incumbent senator from Georgia, Raphael Warnock, and senatorial candidate John Fetterman in Pennsylvania. Most of Hannity's coverage was centered on tearing apart Democrats, not lifting up Republicans. Just as Fox News loves to scare its viewers with hyperbolic language, conspiracy theories, and doomsday predictions, the network goes negative in terms of campaigning. I can't prove that Hannity encourages his guests to chime in and basically repeat his talking points, but there are several examples of guests echoing Hannity in this montage. This is a collection of clips of Hannity mentioning Warnock and Fetterman last week. John Fetterman is not exactly earning anybody's vote. Fetterman is not fit to hold office. Fetterman's radical views are even worse. Fetterman all... We've invited John Fetterman on this show many times. Fetterman! Mr. Fetterman! Fetterman Fetterman likes Warnock, uh, like Mandela Barnes, uh, Katie Hobbs, Warnock. uh, Fetterman, well, he might even be worse. Not only is Fetterman a lifelong deadbeat socialist, Fetterman of full recovery. Deserve to see Fetterman's medical records. And John Fetterman needs to stop hiding from Dr. Oz. Fetterman is not mentally capable of debating. Fetterman. That's a real rock. Warnock. Warnock is a great actor. Fetterman, well, he might even be worse. Not only is Fetterman a lifelong deadbeat socialist. That's the question. Why wasn't Warnock arrested? Why Warnock was a, ultimately Warnock. Warnock was clearly trying to protect. Warnock has raised $90 billion. Warnock wins in Georgia. With Warnock ever right. being asked a single question. Warnock has shut down domestic oil and gas production. Warnock's record. Warnock votes 96% of the time with Biden. 
Raphael Warnick, Warnick, Warnick. Fetterman was forced to answer. Fetterman struggled to speak. Fetterman saying, uh, kick the balls in authority. And Fetterman about my open invitation for him to join this program. Fetterman, quite simply, cannot do the job. Against Fetterman any day. Warnock, 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 Warnock is just Warnock. Warnock, the way Warnock, no matter what, Warnock in office. Warnock. Warnock has been attacking Herschel. Warnock being in a runoff. I realize that's an excessive long clip of people just saying Fetterman, Warnock, Fetterman, Warnock. But I did that on purpose, and there's a video version of it on Twitter to just show how, I mean, it's just so excessive. It's like, am I turning on to the anti-Fetterman channel or am I watching Fox News? I don't know. I can't tell the difference anymore. It was, it's, and it's just constant. And they don't, they go after him for what he wears. They've gone after him for a lump on the back of his neck. They go after him for every single aspect of his life, everything in his history. It's unrelenting. And they do the same thing to Warnock. And it's it's a little crazy. So what I came up with um, is I noticed, too, that Warnock, for all of Fox News, for all 15 hours, was mentioned 46 times. Fetterman was mentioned 44 times. I like to use data in my analysis um, to sort of take away some of the emotional aspects of covering something like Fox News, because when you just break it down to numbers, it's really hard to argue that what I'm finding is not true here. So I was concerned because I saw a pattern and I thought, let's explore this pattern further. So I looked into um, the candidates that they talked about quite a bit. And those would be the ones I just mentioned, Warnock and Fetterman. And that also includes the Senate, uh, senatorial race in Ohio, Arizona, the governor's race in Arizona, the governor's race in Michigan, Wisconsin, senatorial race, and in New York. Um, and so basically, this is the pattern I found. I have a nice graph in the newsletter, but I'm going to explain it um, to my audio audience so you'll hear what I'm talking about. So the pattern that I found, and this is using numbers of how many times their names were brought up. And this is really easy to do. It's time consuming, but easy. I take transcripts of every single show. I make it into one big, huge transcript, and then I just search for words. And I'm careful because sometimes things are misspelled and the transcript's not perfect. Um, so I search for Fetterman. I search for Warnock. I search for the names of these candidates. And the pattern that I found was if a Republican candidate was a long shot in a race, Fox brought up the Republican far more than the Democrat. In states where this race was much closer, the angle was to decimate the Democrat rather than lift up the Republican. It's real, really clearest in the cases of Georgia versus New York because they look like perfect, the perfect inverse of each other. So in the case of Georgia, they'll talk about, I can find the actual numbers here. I'm going to go down and find the actual numbers. This is the written part. It's a little bit easier um, for the audio audience. So in the case of like Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker was mentioned 18 times versus Raphael Warnock 46 times. So that makes 72%, like two-thirds, over two-thirds, Raphael Warnock, Raphael Warnock, 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 which is why you heard his name so many times in that clip. And that's because they're just tearing him apart. Nothing is good about him. He's a radical. He's a socialist. He's a communist. He, he um, is abusive. He's horrible, right? Now, when you go down to New York... You have the complete flip side in that 70% of the time when they discuss the New York uh, governor race, 
It was Lee Zeldin will save New York. Lee Zeldin is um, amazing. Lee Zeldin will clean up the city. Lee Zeldin will get rid of corruption. Lee Zeldin, Lee Zeldin, Lee Zeldin, Lee Zeldin. Kathy Hochul, whatever. It's like they barely even say her name, right? Because it was 35 references of Lee Zeldin to 15 for Kathy Hochul. What was so amazing to me, too, about this pattern is how it popped up pretty much immediately once I got the numbers for how many times a specific candidate was mentioned and how close the race was. And it was like this perfect, like an inverse of a bell curve is kind of what it looks like. It looks like the opposite of a bell curve. And I, I just was stunned by that because this is not accidental. This is not someone just, you know, I, I don't think Hannity is counting how many times he says Fetterman. But he knows that when he wants to take down a candidate, instead of saying, oh, you should really vote for Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz is great. Here's Dr. Oz's policy. This is what we like about Dr. Oz. He just goes, Fetterman's a joke. Fetterman's a trust fund brat. Fetterman wears hoodies. Fetterman had a stroke. Fetterman's stupid. Fetterman's radical. That's what they do. So if you want to know how to fight back against this, you have to know what they're doing. And like it or not, Fox News is the most influential media company in the United States because they have the largest viewership than any other channel. And their fans are cultish. They will watch one show right after the other and they'll believe everything they see on it. So yeah, we got to know this. We got to know what they're talking about and how they're tearing down these candidates. And again, if you want to look at the data a little bit more uh, specifically, I would highly suggest going to the Substack. It's just harder to get it across in audio. The next clip that I'm going to play, I <laughs> was watching it and I just went, you got to be kidding me. What? It was one of those moments where I often yell at my laptop when I'm watching Fox News. Shocking. Um, but this one, we just, I stopped my computer and just said, are you, ki are you kidding me? But I, people really believe this. This is um, Mike Huckabee, former governor of Arkansas. It's a jaw dropper. I honestly think Republicans are going to have a much better night than anybody predicts, largely because the polling information is simply unreliable. And there's a reason that it's unreliable. Right now, if you're pro-life, if you're Christian, if you're conservative, if you are a MAGA Republican, which means you just think that America is a great country and we ought to pre uh, preserve it and protect it and pass it on that way. So that's already pretty extreme and it's about to get worse. If you're one of those people, you're kind of thinking that any given day the FBI FBI may show up, bang your door down, and haul you in. If not, they may put you on a list. They may call you a domestic terrorist, a threat to democracy. So conservatives simply don't answer polls. So I think we're seeing something that really can't be factored in. And I was talking to Robert Cahaley of the Trafalgar Group, one of the few polling organizations that has some credibility. He'll and be on and he was very blunt in saying, no white men between 30 and 50 will answer a poll question. And for the most part, most all of the Trump supporters simply will not answer a poll. They don't put yard signs up anymore. They don't put a lot of bumper strips, but they will go vote because they know it's the last line of defense they have to protect their country and their families. So I, what do you say after that? He really thinks that people aren't answering polls because they're worried if they answer a poll that the FBI will bang down their door, arrest them, or put them on a list and investigate them as for being domestic terrorists. I, what do you even say? I don't even know what to say to that. I don't even know how to respond to that. It's so crazy. 
Now, I at the same time he was saying this, I was because I had to play this a couple of times before I edited it and put it on Twitter. I I was like, well, I wouldn't answer a poll. I don't answer my phone. So if somebody, part of the problem with polling now is that nobody answers their phone. Nobody wants to talk to anybody. And I am I, so skeptical of anybody calling me that I don't answer the phone um, ever. So I just thought, well, I'm a, you know, a single white woman in Brooklyn and I don't answer my phone. So you're, you're going to these crazy places about the FBI and secret lists. And I, but I think there's a lot of MAGA people that believe every single word he just said. And would be nodding along. Yeah. Yeah. Because the way you, if you watch Tucker Carlson a few times, it's exactly what he pushes night after night after night, that the government is coming to get you and the government's going after all the enemies of Joe Biden and to take you down and put you in jail. And January 6th was no big deal and all of that. So and also I just I thought that line about the uh, yard sign for Trump was funny because like, why would you still have a yard sign for Trump? Are you OK? Um, ha 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 ha. Now, this next one is from, there's a term called ableist, and it's basically when people kind of mock someone who's disabled. And this is just a great example of somebody completely overstepping their bounds of knowledge and expertise. And this is one of my favorites, the brain trust of Jesse Waters. I say brain trust with massive sarcasm. Um, I did a poll on my Twitter account for who's the dumbest uh, Fox primetime host, and this man won by a mile, by a mile. He got like 46% of the vote out of four. It's pretty bad. So here you go. Jesse Waters doing his best, and that's with massive sarcasm, to uh, be uh, an expert on people who've had strokes. This guy's been campaigning for a critical U.S. Senate seat for the entire summer into the fall, and she's the first reporter to ever sit down with this candidate? That is crazy. And, 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 and the fact that all this early voting's been going on and he's never ever answered questions, we've never seen his inability to communicate and comprehend questions is crazy. Now, the media used to say this guy is great, everything was fine, and now they're saying yeah. you can't attack him because he's disabled? Yeah. Like, this isn't like he's in a wheelchair or on crutches. No, like, he can't hear what people are saying. Could you ever sit in a Senate hearing and listen to important testimony? and not being able to comprehend it, they don't, they're not going to have transcripts going along the bottom of the screen. What if you're in a Senate intelligence uh, briefing, classified briefing, and you, you're not understanding anything that's happened? This guy is not cut out for this job. But here's why the Democrats think he is. Because all he has to do is vote with the Democrats. That's, that's the what question. it all boils down. That last line is especially funny, considering the quality of some of the uh, Republican candidates right now. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say on that one. I also want to point out that um, Jesse Waters is not a doctor. He's not an expert on people recovering from strokes or people who've survived strokes. He knows nothing about what he's talking about. And if you've ever known a hearing impaired person, there are plenty of devices uh, that people use to transcribe words and sounds in real time and that they you can keep up with just about anybody, any hearing person. So he just is clearly... Uh, he doesn't have any knowledge about what he's talking about. He's making a lot of assumptions that are quite rude and incredibly insulting to uh, disabled people. And But that's Fox. They don't care. Um, it's been really gross to watch some of the uh, commentary about uh, John Fetterman's recovery from a stroke. Um, I 
was doing some research on recovering from a stroke, and it really depends on a, a number of factors that you really have to be an expert to make any sort of a call on Fetterman or anybody. Um, and a Fox News anchor is certainly not an expert, and they shouldn't be doing that. It's just, it's just absolutely inappropriate and wrong. So next one is everybody's favorite category, bogus expert of the week. And I, I don't have a media clip for this one because the footage really wasn't that compelling. Uh, I do, as a tradition, go into a goofy Midwestern accent when I introduce this section. I am from the Midwest, so no one get offended. I'm making fun of myself here. So um, a bogus expert is somebody who is fake. They're phony. Kind of like the cheese that comes in a box that you can put on a shelf. Although it's real tasty. You know, like Velveeta or something. Or like that off-brand Velveeta, which is just as good. Bogus expert. You know, Finn, the winner of the bogus expert of the week for Fox News is Laura Trump. She's won this category several times. She was asked to speak about the trial for Igor Danchenko. Which, why? She's not a lawyer. She has no legal experience. She's not involved in this trial in any way. She's the perfect... Bogus expert. The trial is kind of the last gasp of the Durham report, which is a whole other story where basically Trump appointed his own special counsel because he wanted his like sort of response to the Mueller report. And he thought they're going to dig up all this dirt and they're going to find this vast conspiracy in the deep state within the government to take Trump down. And it's been over three years and they found pretty much next to nothing. PBS did not even mention this trial. It's been a week long. They've already, uh, the jury's already in deliberations. It's probably nothing will come of it. They got one conviction. It was a very, very minor thing. And it was an FBI agent who lied about something. They went after Hillary Clinton's lawyer. That didn't work. And now they're going after this poor man. And this is probably the last trial. And so far, it doesn't look good. The judge already threw out one of the charges against this person. And it was only a week-long trial. And just kind of dumb. Hannity tried to turn it into this whole conspiracy and tried to pull Carter Page into it, but it didn't really make any sense. And then Laura Trump coming on, why? She's not a lawyer. She's not involved in the trial. It didn't make any sense. It was just, let's stick Laura Trump on TV again because she's a member of the Trump family, which is what they do. So the next up, oh, this is one of my favorite clips this week. I made it today is, I'll just, again, I'll just play this one. If you saw the January 6th committee, the last one, it included some amazing footage of Speaker Nancy Pelosi um, calling around to find help during this horrible, horrible riot where a mob was coming to kill her. Um, I don't know how aware of that she was, but there was a mob literally screaming, Nancy, Nancy, Nancy. And here she is calm as a daisy on the phone trying to call the governor of Virginia and the governor of Maryland seeking additional help. It was ultimately Vice President Mike Pence who called the National Guard because he had the authority to do so, um, but Nancy Pelosi was doing her best. So this clip is from Fox and Friends. They show a clip where Nancy Pelosi says, oh, I wish I could punch him. And I just want to point out, she's talking about Trump. I just want to point out that Nancy Pelosi is a very petite 82-year-old woman. So I'm not sure how much damage she could do to Donald J. Trump, but here's the clip. So much for the violence is never the answer crowd, right? Uh, this footage actually showed uh, about January the 6th on 2021, uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi threatening to punch then-President Trump should he have joined those protesting at the Capitol. I'm going to come to him and punch him out. This is my mom. I would pay to see that. I'm waiting for this, for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. 
I'm going to punch him out and I'm going to go to jail and I'm going to be happy. So just for context, I went back through my archives and I found some footage from day one of the January 6th committee hearing and I spliced it next to that clip to just show, you know, call me crazy, why Nancy Pelosi might be a little upset at what was going on at the Capitol that day. So yeah, given that context, I think it's fair that an 82-year-old woman who probably weighs 120 pounds was like, yeah, I want to punch him in the face. I want to, I'll go to jail and I'll feel good about it. <laughs> I thought that clip was actually hilarious. And it was even funnier that Fox was like, oh my God. Oh my, oh, it's kind of a clutch your pearls moment. Sorry, regulars. Um, let me just add that. I have another soundbite that's called clutch your pearls, which is when Fox um, gets offended about something that they really shouldn't be getting offended about. And that would be a great example of clutch your pearls. It's me doing goofy voices. Anyway, uh, last clip is called, and then we'll get to the stories that were not covered on Fox. This is what we call comic relief. I don't even know how to describe this clip. Cornell, this is the, the week of the weird clips. All of these clips are crazy. So um, Cornell West, who calls himself a philosopher, he's an academic, um, he is, you know, pretty left-wing, and he, for some reasons I don't understand, goes on Hannity sometimes, and apparently Tucker Carlson as well. I'm not going to tell you what I think of that, but I'm just going to leave that there. This clip um, was supposed to be about black voters. I made this into a transcript. It's really seven minutes long. I made this into a transcript, and I looked for the words black voters. Didn't see black once. Voters showed up once, and the term African-American showed up twice. So in this seven-minute clip, the term African-American twice, voter once, and this was the rest of it. And I'm just going to play it. You'll hear what I'm talking about. Oh, no, no, he couldn't have what it. Would you, what would you, uh, no, what grade would you give Joe no, Biden he, on his, wait, wait, hang no, on, I'm, 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 I'm the professor, poverty, you have to listen positive, to the professor. Yeah. Uh, the republic well, itself might become a dude. This is not just not about politicians. This I is ask you about this. the greed, now, this the is serious. hatred, the hypocrisy on both sides. Both parties corrupt, but we have okay, to be but, able to be able That was the case. That was the case for your friend, Brother Trump, too. Let's just be honest no, about it. Trump, it's Trump just not the neoliberals who are greedy, order. brother. It's the neo, Trump it's the neo fascists who are greedy, Joe too. Biden and the Democratic Trump Party on, on, wait a minute, on crime and law and order. In, forces. What, what grade do you get as a host? Yeah, as a host. Brother Sean, <laughs> my question is, what is the Christian dimension of your practice in terms of greed, <laughs> hatred, corruption talked about on your show yeah, and have you man. contributed? What are they talking about? I have no idea. <laughs> they made that about, I've listened to that multiple times and I can sort of get out some of West points, but not really. And Hannity's talking over him and West is talking over Hannity. And I'm just like, I, 
They tried. They, they decided almost instantly after Wes got there that he, that Hannity's like grade me as a host, and I'm gonna grade you as a professor, and it turned into that mess. And then at the end, they're like, "I love you, man. I love you, man." Scene. <laughs> I just went, "What was that?" I want to hear about black vote. Maybe I actually wanted to hear what you had to say about black voters. Maybe I did. Maybe I actually wanted to see the meeting of these two minds, but I just saw blah, 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 blah. <sighs> well, I don't, still don't even know what the heck that was. Again, I've watched it multiple times. That was a condensed for, it was seven minutes of that. Seven minutes of that. There were some breaks, but then it went right back to that. There's not, there was not a clear thought in that seven minutes. Hannity, ladies and gentlemen, Hannity. Okay, so quickly, I have to watch this. I have to watch this all week. So very quickly, breeze through this. Stories Fox thought were newsworthy that were not newsworthy first. Tulsi Gabbard left the Democratic Party. This was a huge story on Fox News. PBS didn't mention it once. Ouch. Um, It was 4% or 21 minutes of time dedicated to Tulsi Gabbard. That might sound like a lot, but if you're Biggest category is 17 minutes, and then like the next is like nine minutes. Four minutes is actually pretty big. Um, the trial of Igor Danchenko, and I kind of explained that in the newsletter. It's super boring. I don't know if it would really even work on the podcast. It's just this dumb attempt to try to, you know, for Trump to settle scores that's massively failed. And then the last story uh, that Fox thought was newsworthy that wasn't newsworthy involved an old story about border agents on horseback. And there were some still photos taken of them that made it appear that they were whipping Haitian migrants at the border. And now this is misleading. Um, It came after an investigation. They found that, no, those were just horse reins. And in a still photo, it was just misleading. They weren't actually whipping anybody. There were witnesses, there's video, and they proved that they weren't whipping anybody. Um, Fox has resurrected the story out of nowhere claiming they now have evidence that points to the fact that DHS knew that the border agents weren't whipping anybody and went ahead and investigated them anyway. I'm not sure why they would do that. Um, And I only could find the same story on like far right websites. And that made me question that the validity of this, if you can't find it on Associated Press or something really boring straight down the middle, generally I wouldn't trust it because a lot of times they'll, the right wing will just jump on something because they like the headline and they don't do their due diligence, in my humble opinion. Oh, trust me, with Fox especially. Now, this last section kind of goes by very quickly, although it takes me the longest to put in the newsletter. <laughs> oh, the irony. Our starry stories that Fox News ignored. So each week I compare 15 hours of Fox News to five hours of PBS. And every single week, PBS gives me far more stories than Fox does. Oh, the irony. So here we go. I go through them pretty quick. Um, I have hyperlinks in the newsletter if you want to look up all of these stories and find out more specifics. Feel free, go for it. Here we go. Social security payments will go up due to a cost of living increase because of inflation. DHS announces new migration enforcement for Venezuelan immigrants. And this is part of Title 42. Um, anti-government protests in Iran have spread to all parts of the country and have increased in intensity. So far, um, 233 people have been killed in or after the widespread demonstrations, which is horribly tragic, uh, very inspirational protests, and it is an absolute disgrace 
that Fox News has not even mentioned them. I, don't, I mean, I have no words for that. They're just completely ignoring it. Uh, Elon Musk made a couple different statements about his financial support for the Starlink internet service that has helped Ukraine. He donated it to them. He's not the only person who pays for it. I looked into this. Other countries help pay for it. Um, he went back and forth. He finally said, I'm going to keep paying for it. Uh, NASA had a test mission to see if they could knock an asteroid slightly off of its orbit. And this is just in case an asteroid ever comes, you know, barreling towards the planet Earth. They wanted to see if they could uh, prevent it from hitting the planet. Their test worked, so that's very exciting. Um, there have been heavy rains in Australia that have led to massive flooding and evacuations. North Korea continues to threaten its neighbors in various ways. Hurricane Julia made landfall in Nicaragua. Israel and Lebanon, two countries that are technically still at war, reached a maritime agreement, which that's very exciting because it has to do with the Mediterranean Sea and oil exploration. The Supreme Court rejected an appeal by Dylan Roof, um, the mass shooter who uh, killed nine black parishioners in a church in South Carolina, and he was just challenging his death sentence and his conviction, and thankfully he lost. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court is also set to hear arguments about a pork law, some pork production changes that California wants to set due to animal welfare. And, of course, the pork lobby is fighting against that. There was a surge of COVID-19 in China. Baltimore prosecutors dropped all charges against Anad Sayed. He, their DNA evidence cleared him. He's been in prison for 23 years. Uh, he was featured in the popular podcast Serial. A federal judge has ruled that former President Donald J. Trump will have to give a deposition in a defamation lawsuit filed by E. Jean Carroll. Carroll accused Trump of raping her in a department store in the mid-1990s. There's more unrest between Palestine and Israel. There was a strike against an Israeli siege on a Jerusalem refugee camp. Fox always ignores that area of the world. Um, a bus bombing kills 18 soldiers in Syria. Um, a former Federal Reserve Chair, Ben Bernanke, along with two other uh, economists, won the Nobel Prize for Economics. And then by the numbers of the charts, where I take the top five categories for both PBS and Fox, and last week the top category was candidate endorsements, and ironically the top, almost the same amount uh, for PBS was just midterms, because they don't pick sides on PBS. Um, and coming up, also words used on Fox, I go through all the words, and make a little chart, and as I always joke, every time uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez makes this list, no matter what she does, they always have to talk about her. It's not really that uh, illuminating this week. It's pretty typical. It's exactly what you'd think. It's a lot of crime, inflation, gas prices. Uh, they talked about Saudi Arabia quite a bit. Um, Hunter Biden dropped. He's only 38 references, which is kind of shocking because sometimes he's like the big show. So coming up for this week, I'll be covering the first hour of Fox and Friends, The Five, and my favorite, and I say this with a heavy heart because he's not my favorite, Tucker Carlson tonight. I might have another bonus contest this week. Just sort of depends what happens in the news cycle. And I have a very exciting interview coming up with Andy Campbell, the author of We Are Proud Boys, How a Right-Wing Street Gang ushered in a new era of American extremism. I'm in his book. That's part of the reason why um, I invited him to come on because I have known Andy since I got into this kind of crazy work that I do. 
He's a wonderful human being. He's a great journalist over at HuffPo. And his book is doing absolute gangbusters, and I'm very happy for him. I helped him research uh, for the book, and we worked together since 2000, I think, 18, roughly. Um, and we have, like, a crazy history because I was getting harassed. Uh, like, I hadn't met him in person, but he was helping me out, and he kept checking in on me to make sure I was okay, and that meant a lot to me because um, I was dealing with all kinds of scary stuff because cover a hate group, they'll come for you. And it's not fun when they come for you. Um, I'm fine now, but I've had, I've had to deal with a great deal of harassment. Um, I can't even talk about it, but anyway, uh, uh, I want to thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to introduce Andy to my listeners and readers. It's going to be so much fun. And the cats, Odin and Thor, my mascots, send their love. They're both sleeping. Odin's in a box because he's doing the classic cat. And uh, Thor is in a little cat bed. So see you for the next podcast.